episode 17 of Jimmy D and Mr. B. I am Jimmy D. And I am Mr. B. And we're going to talk about some history. And it is my topic, or should I say my mum's topic? My mum recommended us a doozy today, Jimmy. Yeah, when you first told me about this topic, I was like, oh, that's this is probably our most uh, darkest one yet, I think. And we did do the plague not that long ago. So that's pretty... Uh, that's pretty uh, uh, scary for for the for the future of this podcast, I think. Yeah, might not have the body count of the plague, but um, still some pretty sick stuff we're going to talk about today. So today we're going to talk about Elizabeth Bathory. You might have seen the title. Um, she is known amongst many other things as the Blood Countess of Hungary. Um, she's also known as uh, Countess Dracula because she was sort of rumoured to be in one of the inspirations behind Bram Stoker's Dracula story. Um, and she was a pretty sadistic woman, Jimmy. Yeah, I've, I've read the notes and I've done my own research. And yeah, she, she's definitely one that uh, didn't hold back on any uh, impulse that she had to uh, murder anyone. And, she, and, and I thought maybe before I read, oh, maybe she like murdered men because they were like going to like hurt women and stuff no she 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 killed everyone including young girls so uh she's pretty pretty brutal woman yeah like i saw a youtube top comment when i was watching researching that um she reminded somebody of ramsey bolton from game of thrones in female <laughs> form and That's i so thought bad. that was pretty perfect because um yeah those out there that have watched game of thrones ramsey bolton is sort of the most messed dude going jimmy yeah, no, nah, he he was pretty. He was pretty horrible, and uh, she she either uh, will uh, give him a run for his money or surpass him quite significantly. I think. Yeah, I'll do a little bit of a trigger warning on this episode. Um, as a bit of a spoiler, she does hold. So Elizabeth Bathory holds the Guinness World Record for the most prolific female murderer in history. Um, it's probably our most violent and graphically gory episode um, to date. So. If that's not your thing, you know, listen anyway. We need to just run it. You don't have to listen to it. Just run it so we get the numbers on streaming. Um, but, yeah, no, thanks, Mum, for that. Cheers, Clint's Mum. Yeah. Um, let's crack into it, I reckon. So Elizabeth's early life, she was born in 1560 in the Kingdom of Hungary. And this is where I'm going to have my first tangent of the episode very <laughs> early on. Um my family are Hungarian. I might have mentioned it on the podcast before. And Hungary ain't what it used to be, Jimmy. Nah, it got pretty ravaged uh, after a couple world wars. And it's never really uh, been brought back to its uh, powerful state since. Um, it was uh, quite a, a, like not a huge portion of land in Europe, but it was pretty big. And now it's like a little French fry that you find at the bottom of a chip packet. <laughs> Ouch. So when we're talking Kingdom of Hungary in 1560, we're talking like current day Slovakia, Romania, um, a bunch of other countries surrounding it. Basically, after World War I, there was the Treaty of uh, Trianon, where Hungary lost 72% of its land in a swift signing of the paperwork um, and went from like, you know, a relative powerhouse of Europe not on the sort of status of like a Russia or something, but certainly had some prestige and held its own to yeah. um, becoming a small country oppressed by the Soviet Union that my uh, grandparents fled. 
like I said, a chip at the bottom of the packet. Exactly what I said. Yeah. Um, so, yes, born in the kingdom of Hungary, off my divergent tangent, tangent here. Um, Elizabeth was born into an extremely powerful noble family. So her family included high, like the highest ranking officials pretty much in Transylvania. Um, the King of Poland was like her uncle. Um, the Grand Duke of Lithuania was one of her uncles as well. So she was in a very high-born position in society. Yes. Um, go ahead, Jimmy. Yeah, so she really had like a high place to start her uh, murdering uh ways from and probably had access to a lot of things that a poorer person then wouldn't have had access to in terms of being able to uh kill on the dl yeah absolutely like as a child she suffered from epilepsy and seizures um at this time i think a lot of people did but i think there was a common thread is a lot of their parents were related um like uh, not everybody that has epilepsy obviously have parents that are cousins, but in this case, it was definitely true. Um, and one of the weirdest early things that I read when researching this was a common treatment at the time was wiping blood on the um, lips of the seizure victim of somebody that didn't have epilepsy. So I'm guessing the theory here, Jimmy, is by transferring the blood of a healthy person to somebody with a disease will make the diseased person healthy. Yeah, that's... that's um, we've that's covered some dodgy medical practices in this yeah. podcast. Um, this is up there. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember them mentioning rubbing blood on epileptic people's lips in first aid last year, but um, maybe next time I'll uh, give it a try if I've ever seen anyone having a seizure. Yeah, we have... Um, read about and spoken about some pretty heinous uh, acts by uh, people who call themselves uh, doctors. Um, and yeah, this is one of them that I find pretty insane. Yeah, and a little foreshadowing. Like <laughs> we talk blood countess, we talk, for, um, you know, inspiration for Dracula. And as a kid, she's having blood rubbed on her lips. So I'm not sure if this might have, you know, gave her a taste for it, Jimmy. Yeah, I mean, 100%. I mean, that's what you hear about with, like, I know it's different, like, animals, dogs getting a taste for the blood of other creatures, and then they want to hunt those creatures. So maybe tasting human blood, she felt that she needed a bit more of it. Yeah, I I'd hate to think where these doctors are getting the blood as well. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> also, like, I know they did, obviously didn't have time to, like, do, like, a blood test or have that ability back then, but, like, who knows what that those people would have had in their blood, any diseases they might have had. So she very well could have contracted something that made her even more mentally ill. Yeah, I think along with this, like she was exposed to some pretty wild stuff as a child. With such a powerful family in that era, you hold power through violence, fear, yeah. brutal punishments. So... She would have seen a lot of this stuff growing up, like her family members, but possibly executing prisoners or torturing prisoners. Um, it was also said that one of her uncles instructed her in Satanism. Um, so pretty safe to say that she didn't really have a normal upbringing. Um, 
On top of that, she was engaged to be married at 10 years old, which is probably not super uncommon at this time for a powerful young woman. Um, But, yeah, she was arranged to basically be married to consolidate more political power um, for her family. And we'll cover that later on. She didn't get married till 15, though. So, you know, respectable, waiting until your 10-year-old fiancé turns 15 to uh, tie the knot, Jimmy. Yeah, that's pretty nice. I mean, I know a bunch of Unites who would love to be uh, married. So, I mean, it makes total sense, obviously. Um, I mean, yeah, having her uncle teach her Satanism is pretty wild. My uncle took me to the beach, so pretty comparable. Um, so, yeah, so from an early age, you can really see that she's been almost been driven down this path by her family and just the weird stuff that they did with her. So, I'm at, yeah. at, at this stage, I'm not surprised at all she turned out to be the person uh, that she did. Yeah, just to top all of this off, it's sort of thought that around the age of 13, before um, her first marriage, Elizabeth apparently gave birth to an illegitimate child um, that was fathered by, like, one of the local peasant boys. So this child was apparently hidden from public view and the uh, peasant boy was rumoured to be castrated and torn apart by wild dogs at the order of Elizabeth's first husband. So, again, more trauma, you know, compacted onto this young woman um, early on. Yeah, that's... Uh, it's not a recipe for, like, great foundations. No, it's that's pretty brutal, especially to see that from her, from her future husband as well. So that obviously maybe gave her thoughts of, oh, well, when we're married, we can do this stuff together. Yay. Um, married life. We'll talk about Elizabeth's marriage because this was happened very early and it was pretty formative into what she would become. Yeah. Um, as was arranged, Elizabeth Bathory was married at 15 to Count Ferenc Nadasi. So... I'm probably butchering the surname there. Um, He was 19 at the time, so not too outrageous. He was a young man as well. Um, He was from one of Hungary's most wealthy families and also very highborn. He didn't have the same credentials or family lineage as Elizabeth. As a result of this, Elizabeth kept her maiden name and Ferenc actually changed his name to Valerie due to her higher social and political standing. And as I read this, Jimmy, I thought this is probably the only feminist part of this story. Yeah, that's pretty weird. Like, you never really hear of a man taking a woman's name, especially in that period of time. Like, that was just, like, unheard of. So, yeah, I mean, props to Hungary for, like, stepping up for the ladies. Who knows? Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's a pretty small thing in the in the grand scheme of what we're reading about. Yeah, if Elizabeth did a little bit for a social movement, she did a lot to, like, set that back <laughs> as well. Um, the couple were wed in front of about 4,500 guests um, and Bathory was gifted a new castle and vast amounts of land in the Kingdom of Hungary to rule over by Ferenc and his wealthy family. Um, this also gave her basically rule of all the peasants that lived on this land um, for which would become her playthings essentially down the track. Um, apparently Frank also had a castle, the castle built and customised to Elizabeth's standards and taste. 
Now, normally we're talking about, you know, I want like marble countertops in the kitchen. I want, you know, this room to, you know, have the view of the glorious fields. Elizabeth wanted a, her very own torture chamber built to her specifications and she got it. I mean, if you're going to spend your days murdering heaps of people, a torture chamber is pretty essential, I guess, for what she needed. Yeah, yeah, like cup holders and stuff like that. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Um, the couple spent much of their married life apart. So despite having four children in this time, um, Frank was actually went on to become the commander of the Hungarian army. So, you know, super powerful dude. Um, but it meant that he was constantly away at war. It seems at this time that Hungary were just constantly at war with the Ottoman Empire. Um, when Frank was away, though, Elizabeth came out to play, it seemed. So Elizabeth, she managed their land and business affairs. Um, she also seemed to get up to a lot of mischief when Frank was away. She was rumoured to sort of have various lovers come through, um, but also, you know, the main event is, like, she loved torturing their many servants. So sources say Frank may have sort of participated in these activities when he was home. Obviously, he didn't completely discourage it. Um, He built her a torture chamber, for goodness sake. Um, But when he was away, Elizabeth apparently really, you know, went in on the torture stuff, Jimmy. Yeah, I mean, when your husband's away, the wife will play, and clearly she had quite a few hobbies that she liked to partake in. Obviously, the main one was the old murder. Um, So, I mean, it's not surprising that she got up to this while he was gone. It's much easier to drag a dead body through the castle when no one's home, so. Yeah, without judgment as well, which is important. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty unclear at this stage, like for historians, it's definitely known that through the marriage of Frank and Elizabeth, which lasted about 29 years, um, that Elizabeth was doing a lot of torture, but it's not known whether she'd really begun murdering people at this stage. Yep. Um, But definitely after Frank's death, that seemed to really ramp up. So Frank died of a mysterious illness at 44 years old um, and without him around, Elizabeth seemed to descend sort of further into madness, I would say, Jimmy. Well, yeah, she was clearly in mourning. I mean, they were married for 29 years, so clearly the marriage wasn't a total, like, horrible thing for them. So maybe she was in mourning and that's what caused her to up her game. So, I mean, obviously we're about to get into the real... Uh, crux of it now, but maybe his his him dying it made her really sad. Yeah, I think so. Like by by all accounts, it seemed to really um, be this trigger of like you know the stuff that we've talked about so far is pretty mild in comparison. Um, so the blood countess surfaces after this. So most of Bathory's victims were. Young servant girls, aged sort of between 10 and 14. Usually they were the daughters of peasants. So in those days, if you wanted to torture, murder without people asking many questions, this is probably your target demographic, Jimmy. Yeah, I mean, especially back then, no one's asking questions if a, if a girl 
is gone missing, especially a peasant girl. She could have got lost in the woods. She could have gone for a walk and been taken. Like so many different things could have happened other than a high ranking uh, woman in Hungary going on a torture and murder spree. Yeah, so she took so many of these young girls as victims and we'll get into what they went through um, later on. But it seems like this got a little bit too easy for her. Like targeting these young peasant girls seemed like, you know, it seemed like Elizabeth almost got bored of these activities. And to entertain herself more, she seemed to focus on daughters of like higher born families in Hungary. So she kind of made a bit of a, you know, young woman finishing school at her castle where, you know, young noble women would come and learn how to act with class and, you know, be a housewife to a nobleman. Um, But instead of learning how to become doting housewives, they tended to get murdered, Jimmy. Yeah, that's uh, pretty brutal. Um, It kind of sounds like went from a, my fair lady to my fair murder victim, like just insane, just insane stuff. Like you think you're going to a finishing school and then the next minute you're, you're in a torture chamber screaming. So um, I can't imagine what these poor uh, girls ha- had gone through, but I can't imagine it was fun. Yeah. Um, Elizabeth did have some collaborators who worked with her, um, who were basically her servers as well. So they would help her abduct victims um, for her. They probably participated in the tortures and murders. Um, I also think they worked for her. As I was reading this or hearing about this, I sort of thought, I wonder if they had a choice, you know? Like, if they didn't do as she said, would they have become her victims as well? I'm not sure. What do you think, Jimmy? Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine this is the type of person you say no to. So... She'd gotten her way most of her life. And when she was married, she got her way with her husband. So I feel like even if it didn't really matter what they felt, it was either, well, we help her murder other people or we die ourselves. So it was kind of uh, under, un- they, they were under like a, a, a under pressure to either do what she wanted or they'd become a part of her games. Yeah. So we're going to discuss now just some of the many vicious things that Elizabeth Ballery um, allegedly did to her victims to earn her nicknames and reputation. Um, I'm going to preface this with like, I reckon some of these stories have been sensationalized yeah. over, over time. Um, at the same time, we never like let, you know, facts get in the way of a good story in history either. But these stories have been like pretty enduring over the years. Um, this is probably the part where if you're a bit squeamish, um, skip a little bit. Um, and it is sort of hard knowing that these are real people that we're going to yeah. talk about. Um, Jimmy, do you want to go over some of the things until you sort of, you know, feel a bit unwell and want me to take over? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll try. If you hear some noise, it's probably me just dry reaching in the background. So um, one of the ways that... Uh, she liked to torture the girls she captured was or boys. I'm sure it was boys as well. Um, she would tie them down, smear them with honey, and then she would leave them to be attacked by bees and ants. And just the thought of that 
makes me tingle because that would be absolutely horrific, Clint. Yeah, and then in colder parts of the year, you know, when the ants and bees aren't out, she would, you know, strip the victims naked and basically force them into deadly ice baths around the yards of the castle. Yeah, that's... Um, Yeah. Absolutely terrible. So, yeah, she would use the elements to her um, sick advantage. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't just the elements. She'd use tools as well. She would torture girls by driving needles into their fingers, uh, cutting their noses or lips or by, uh, by, or by stinging them. She would also uh, bite their shoulders and breasts as well as burning the flesh, including the uh, genitals of some victims. So she wasn't afraid to get her hands or her teeth dirty. So she really obviously got involved in it and it was obviously something that... In a way, she was obsessed with it. Yeah. And she was also said to have enjoyed drinking the blood of virgins, um, as well as, you know, stories of her bathing in the blood of her young victims. So I guess this is where, you know, the blood countess, the Dracula inspiration, that sort of stuff comes from a little bit. The stories of, you know, you mentioned, you know, biting, eating bits of flesh potentially. Yeah as well as, um, you know, bathing, drinking blood. Um, The story goes that she would sort of, um, you know, slap a female servant in a rage and then sort of saw that her skin looked younger where the servant, you know, was slapped. So therefore she would, you know, go, okay, well, I will drink this blood and sort of hence the, you know, vampiric reputation that she she seemed to um, gather So some of her victims, like there was numerous amounts. Um, I think in the end, it's claimed that she had killed at least 600 victims through this time. So huge, huge numbers. Yeah, definitely. Um, Some of these were buried in graveyards. Most were probably sort of discarded in unmarked locations. So it's a lot of families missing, you know, family members and stuff in this area, Jimmy. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, theoretically, it could be even more than that because you don't know how many were buried in those graves that weren't marked. So therefore, it could have been higher than that, could have been lower. Like, we don't really know. Obviously, she wasn't keeping a tally of who she murdered and where they were put, so... Um, very well could have been even more than 600. Yeah. So, I mean, I think we only touched on some of the the rumoured ways that she tortured victims. Um, I think that'll probably do for talking about, but there's so much out there. And like we said, some of it's probably sensationalised, but, you know, a lot of it's probably rooted in truth as well. And I think we can pretty safely say she, um, yeah, was was pretty bloody awful, Jimmy. Yeah, agreed. Um, so you don't kill close to 600 people in your town without rumours of torturings and murders sort of starting to spread around the place. Um, in 1610, uh, King Matthias of the area, he assigned uh, one of his dudes, Thurzo, a high-ranking official, to investigate the crimes because rumours were going around town that all these servants and even now high-born people that you know, men in the town cared about um, were going missing. Um, Thurzo didn't have much trouble collecting 
information in this investigation. By 1611, apparently it had about 300 witness statements, mostly peasants and workers, who many of the stories um, mentioned before came from their account of events. Yeah, I mean, you can't have a bunch of uh, girls going off to a finishing school and then you never see them again and not think that maybe they were murdered. Yeah, and look, I think obviously Elizabeth's very high-born. Yeah. They probably knew a long time before this that stuff was happening in this castle. Um, But obviously, once it happens to um, noble daughters, you know, it probably moves the needle a little bit in this time. Um, So some witnesses had relatives that died there. Some found the bodies in unmarked graves. um, And two court officials claimed to have purposely witnessed tortures and murders at the hands of the blood countess. As a result of this pretty definitive evidence, um, Elizabeth was arrested along with her four accomplices in late 1610. Some accounts say she was caught by Thurzo in the act of torture. Others say that she was calmly having dinner but had victims locked away in her torture chamber. Um, But, you know, either way, needless to say, there was little doubt that she was guilty when he got there, Jimmy. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't have been hard to find uh, the DNA that was everywhere all over the torture chamber so um to be honest i don't think once once he came in and basically accused her i feel like she wouldn't have been that fussed about saying it was her i think she was proud of it i don't think she was uh shy in in that sense so i think yeah it would have been pretty obvious once he had all all that information yeah so they went ahead with sentencing proceedings after she was arrested thurzo and the king they seemed to decide that although she clearly deserved a trial and execution. It would disgrace her powerful family who ruled Transylvania and its vast lands. So you piss off a family like that, you, that you're the king of, you know, you lose a whole region. There's wars, there's conflict that I'm sure uh, King Matthias wanted to avoid. Yeah, so definitely. in the end, um, he instead just basically put Elizabeth under house arrest in her castle for the rest of her days, Jimmy. And she ended up dying at 54. So she wasn't in this castle for a very long time. I think it was, um, you know, from the time that she was arrested to the time that she died. I think it was like less than 10 years, if I'm right, Jimmy. Yeah, I mean, poor Elizabeth. She had to spend her remaining years in a huge castle with servants and like really good quality food and stuff. So she really suffered. Yeah. She really suffered for her crimes. Maybe I should go on a murder spree so I can be locked up in a big, uh, huge house and chill well, out. Well, you heard it. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> um, some sources say, and again, this is where we get conflicting stuff that she was confined to a brick room. Um, it's more likely that she was pretty much just able to move freely within the castle for her remaining days. Um, Upon her death, her kingdom was divided among her children. um, There seems like there was very little consequence to these actions in general. Um, You know, she pretty much lived out her days, her inheritance still went to her kids, all of that sort of stuff. Um, She was also buried in the local church's cemetery. And the villagers were not too happy about this countess being buried among their loved ones, Jimmy. Um, Can you imagine why? 
Yeah, I think that's a pretty fair call by um, the uh, local people of of where she was living. Um, I don't think I'd want a, uh, someone who'd murdered basically all my family to be to be buried in the same place. And given the uh, type of uh, 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 burial that someone who didn't commit any crimes got, so yeah, I think I'd be pretty sad about it. Yeah, so her body was exhumed and she remains at an undisclosed location to this day, of which it still seems unknown. Um, So I guess all there is really left to talk about is her reputation, Jimmy. Um, There are those who, you know, one of the most wild things, I don't know if you read about this as well, was, and and nothing surprises me this year, (laughs) In no. terms of conspiracy, in terms of conspiracy theories, but there are those that argue that this is all a conspiracy against Elizabeth, um, because the political scene in Hungary at the time was pretty dicey, and it was the way of taking control of her family's lands. Um, seems pretty elaborate, though, my friend. Yeah, I, it's hard to imagine, like, if she didn't murder six hundred people, who did then? So. Some someone went to a lot of work to uh, discredit the family by murdering six hundred people and then blaming it on on her. So um, I feel like, look, I mean, perhaps the amount of bodies, maybe, or the uh, all the gruesome stories, maybe that all a hundred percent true. But I definitely think that she she uh, did it and that she was pretty evil. Yeah, um, as mentioned earlier, both her and, um, as well as Vlad the Impaler, who also reigned terror around the same region in the 15th century, um, are rumoured to be the inspiration for the original Dracula story, which, as I mentioned at the top, was done by Bram Stoker in, I think, the late 1800s, Jimmy. I don't know what your literary knowledge is like. Yeah, I think it'd be 17, Um, 1800s. Yeah, um, that was set in Transylvania that was, you know, inspired by the, you know, blood and all of that sort of stuff. So it's difficult. Um, and her story seems to have been written about a lot, like sometimes hundreds of years after her death. So I think with everything that we talked about, um, it's possible that some of the stories of her cruelty are sort of fictionalized and sensationalized. Yeah. Um, many years after her death as well. So I guess we gave her a little benefit of the doubt, which I don't feel very comfortable doing. No, I mean, and by benefit, maybe she killed four to 500 people, not maybe 600. So look, yeah. I still think she murdered a whole bunch of people, but 600 people is a lot of people. So we'll take off 100 maybe to make her feel, to make ourselves feel a bit better about it. Um yeah. I mean, and like we've said, she does have the uh, uh, world uh, record for the most prolific female murderer and the most uh, mur- the, the person who murdered the most in the Western world. Um, and like we said, she practiced vampirism and drank the, the blood of virgins. So all, all in all, a pretty horrific person in history. And maybe next topic, I might pick something a little bit happier. Yeah, yeah, no, thanks, Mum, for the recommend. Um, it was it was a wild journey and put me in a pretty dark headspace at times researching. Um, but I think apart from that, I 
think we'll wrap it up, Jimmy. Yep. Well, thank you for listening. I've been Jimmy D. And I'm Mr. B. Stay curious. Stay cheeky. Bye. Bye.